Well, good morning to you guys. I'm looking forward to sharing this message with you. After all, it's Easter Sunday, everybody. Better yet, it's Resurrection Sunday. On this day, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came out of the tomb. And because of that, you and I have hope. Because of that, we have an eternal promise to live with him forever and ever and ever and ever in eternity in heaven. I'm so thankful, so thankful for what he's done. I'm so thankful for the resurrection, and I know you are as well. Let me share with you what I want to talk to you about. The title of the message is Six Feet Apart. (laughs) Six Feet Apart. Because... Not only do we have to remain socially distant during this season of life that we're in right now, if we leave our house, which we're not supposed to, if at all possible, if we leave our house, we need to stay six feet apart from everyone we see. But did you know that there were people around Jesus that were six feet away? And when they were six feet away, they made some very important, critical decisions. So I'm going to walk through those individuals that were six feet away from Jesus. We're going to talk about those decisions that he made. But before we do that, let's laugh a little bit, okay? Uh, Here we are, we're stuck in our house for the first time in your life, you're, you're watching Sunday service in your pajamas, sitting there drinking coffee in your living room. Uh, so let's just laugh about the situation that we're in. I know it's a serious situation, but if you don't laugh about it, what's your other option, right? I saw a couple memes on social media recently, and I figured I'd take my two favorites and share them with you. Let me share the first one. Look at this little girl here. I grabbed the last Snickers while these fools were in line for toilet paper. I love that. I love that. I love that. Go ahead and put the second one on there. If you didn't know what pastors do, there we go. Pastors live streaming their services this Sunday. Uh, I know he's bald and he could pass for me, but I promise you, It's not me. It's not me. But there he is sitting in his boxers or his shorts live streaming their Sunday. Um, Lucky for you, I am not in my boxers this morning sitting on my couch with two pillows on my knees holding up a laptop. Uh, I'm here in our sanctuary. It's empty. The only people that are here are our worship team. And I don't know about you, but... I love them so much. My favorite part about the worship team is they don't come up here and just sing. They come up here and worship. And I'll tell you a little secret. Don't tell anybody I told you this. But when their worship set is over, they have the option of going home because they already did their part. But what they're doing is they're sitting in here, all seven or eight of them, they're sitting in here to support me while I speak to you so at least I can talk to eight people. So to all eight people, I love you eight people. I love you so much. I love you so much. Let them hear you scream. Go one, two, three. All eight people. All right, back to my topic, which by the way, They are, before I get all the way back to my topic, let me just say this one thing. I can't wait for you to come back and be in this sanctuary 
But our worship team, they really can't wait for you to come back. You have no idea how hard it is for them to worship with nobody in the room. And I know that you know that they're doing a good job at that. All right, let me get back to my topic here. All right, six feet apart. There were a few people that were six feet apart from Jesus and they made some critical decisions. The first two, I'm going to talk about four. The first two were six feet apart from Jesus at the exact same time. See, Jesus was hanging on the cross. And I just found out recently that those two crosses, one on the right and one on the left, they were approximately six feet away. Wouldn't you believe that? But there they were. They had one, one criminal hanging on a cross on the right side of Jesus, another criminal hanging on the cross on the left side of Jesus. And they were both equally apart from Jesus. They were at the same distance away, but they made two completely different decisions. The first criminal that was standing uh, or hanging on the cross to his right, he was sitting there mocking Jesus. He was mocking him. He actually said the words according to scripture. If you want to read it yourself, it's in Luke chapter 23. It might be in Luke chapter 24, but it's in 23 or 24. But the, the, the criminal was, was hanging on the, on the cross and he looks at Jesus and he says, save yourself. If you're really who you say you are, save yourself and save us as well. He didn't believe that Jesus was the son of God. He was mocking him. But this person over here that was also six feet away, instead of mocking him, he was surrendering to him. You know, it's very interesting what people do whenever they are in a position where everything is spread out where everything is thin, when they're in a position that they never dreamed they'd be in. Decisions all of a sudden become very permanent during those seasons. We have to make sure that we don't make permanent decisions during temporary emotions. See, the emotions will pass. The bad day, the bad moment will pass. Even the men on the cross They were destined to die just within a few hours. That moment was going to pass, but their decision was going to last forever. It was going to have eternal consequences. I heard a story recently of this young man. He was working at this very large company and he bumped into the owner of the company and he wanted to glean from the owner. And so he said to the owner, what's the secret of success? And the owner looked at the young man and he said, well, the secret to success is making wise decisions. So the young man backed up and he says, well, how do you make sure you're making wise decisions? And he goes, well, you just make a whole bunch of bad decisions. Then you realize what the wise decision looks like. The young man backed up and he laughed and he obviously saw the humor in the advice You know, it's my encouragement to you, and it's a principle that I remind myself. Rather than having to learn from our own mistakes, let's learn from the mistakes that other people make. 
one of those guys on that cross was hanging there and he didn't have an eternal perspective when he made the present decision. Let me encourage you. Don't just see the here and now. See tomorrow. See next week. See next month. COVID-19 is going to go away eventually. It's going to be gone eventually. Breathe. Breathe. Smile. Remind yourself that the God who directs wind and tells the waves when to stop, he's the one that supervises everything that happens on the planet. He's the one that oversees everything. And he's not going to let any burden come on your shoulders that's too great for you to bear. Let me tell you about the third person that was six feet apart from Jesus. And let's talk about the decision that he made. I believe we're going to learn something from him as well. His name was Joseph of Arimathea. Arimathea. Am I saying that right? Joseph of Arimathea. There's only six people here. Thank God my wife's one of them and she can tell me. Am I saying that? Arimathea. Arimathea. Joseph of of Arimathea. See, nothing's really different whether you're watching online, whether I'm looking into a camera or I'm looking at you live. My brain is running all over the place right now. So here we go. Joseph of Arimathea. He was six feet away from Jesus when he made a very interesting decision. See, Jesus was hanging on the cross. Joseph was just before the cross. Jesus had breathed his last breath and died on the cross when Joseph walked up to the cross. And he looks at Jesus and he says, I want the body. He makes a request to Pilate and says, can I have the body? Pilate was the ruler of the land at that time. And so Pilate had the ability and the authority to say yes or to say no. Pilate didn't care about the body. It was a dead body. That's all he cared about. But Joseph, it was more than just a body to Joseph. It was Jesus. And he wanted to be close to him. He wanted to be close to him. Yes, it it was going to be a dead body in his arms. He already knew that before he made the request. He already knew that when he was six feet away from him. He already knew that, but he still wanted to be close to him. Do you know that crowds are not hard to find when miracles are happening everywhere? But you will never truly know Jesus until you're alone with him. And there are people in scriptures from the Old Testament to the New Testament all throughout the Bible of people that, yes, they desired to be blessed. They desired his protection. They desired his comfort. They needed his comfort. But there are people that are peppered all throughout Scripture that even though they needed a lot of things, what they desired most was just to be close to him. In fact, there's a song that's written. If I were one of those preachers that could sing, I would would sing it. In fact, I'll just humor you just because it's what I do. But there's this song that as they play it during worship, it's an old song. I didn't grow up with it. I think it came out maybe in the nineties, but it says just to be close to you, just to be close to you. 
It just says those words over and over again, just to be close to you. There are so many people in Scripture that that's what they wanted most. Just to name a few, there's a guy named Enoch. That The only thing that we know about him is that he walked with the Lord. There's another woman named Mary who she came up to him and the only thing she wanted was to be close enough to anoint his feet with oil to cry over his feet and to wash his feet with her tears and dry his feet with her hair. She just wanted to be close to him because she loved him so much. She was so appreciative of everything that he had done. She wasn't asking for anything. She just wanted to be close. There's another person in the Bible by the name of John. He was known to just lean his head on the chest of Jesus. Think about that. A grown man laying his head on the chest of another grown man. That's not something that you see very often. The only time you'll ever see that is if you see somebody that wants to be close so bad they don't care what they look like. And Joseph of Arimathea, he was one of those people. He was, he was one of those people of saying, this is not what I was anticipating happening. This was not the situation I anticipated, but I want to be close to him. If you're watching me today, chances are you're watching me because you love him. You're watching me. You've taken time out of your morning on an Easter morning to look at your iPhone. The only reason why you're doing that is because you love him. You're one of those people that wants to be close to him. And he knows that. He knows that and he loves that about you. The last person that I want to talk about that was about six feet away from Jesus was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was the, was at the tomb and, and she came to cry and came to weep because her Jesus was inside of that tomb. But when she arrived to the tomb on a Sunday morning, all of you know the story, the rock was rolled away and she walks inside of the tomb. She starts looking around and she doesn't find Jesus. She's hysterical. She's crying. She walks out of the tomb. She turns around and she sees a man who appears to be the gardener. And this man, she doesn't recognize him. So she assumes that he's the gardener and she, he, she looks at him. And he looks at her and this man says, why are you crying? And she said, someone took my Lord. See, she was one of those that just wanted to be close to him. She was one of them. And so all of a sudden, this gardener, this man that she didn't recognize, said her name, Mary. And when that person, when that man said her name, She looked up because she recognized the voice that called her name. And she knew that it was Jesus. Do you know what I find incredibly special? Is that you too recognize the voice of the Lord. It's not out loud like you're hearing my voice right now. It's right down here in your heart. You can feel the pull. You can feel the drawing. And you can sense it. You can sense it. You can try as hard as you can to think about something else. And it doesn't matter if you haven't been to church in a hundred years. He keeps on crossing your mind. He keeps on crossing your mind. He's pulling you towards himself. He's calling your name. 
And you recognize when he calls your name. I want to encourage you to just respond. You don't have to stop what you're doing, pull the car over or go into another room. I mean, you can if you want to, I guess. But all you really have to say is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What are you saying thank you for? You're saying thank you for coming to my mind. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for loving me. You might be doing the dishes and all of a sudden he crosses your mind or he rises up in your heart. As you're doing the dishes, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Mary Magdalene, all of a sudden, bang, she realizes that Jesus just called her name. And her first reaction is to reach up and grab Jesus and grab him and hold him and squeeze him and hug him. That's her first reaction. And Jesus backs up and he says, I need you to do me a favor. He goes, there's a lot of people that are discouraged right now. I want you to go find my disciples. I want you to tell them the good news. I want you to tell them that I'm alive. I want you to tell them that every single promise that I've ever made is coming true today. Today is the day. And so she turns around and she runs off and she goes and finds the disciples and she says, he's alive. She was the first one to share the good news. He's alive. He's alive. And every single promise that he ever made, he's backing up and he's saying, I told you so. You know what I love about those promises is he made those promises. He verbalized them over 2,000 years ago, but they are still for you and I today. And in Psalms 103, verse 3, it says that he forgives us of all of our sins and he heals all of our diseases. I love that even though we make mistakes over and over again, even though we may mess up, when we just say to the Lord, Lord, I love you. I'm sorry for my sins. He forgives them. And just as easily as he forgives us of our sins, he heals us of our diseases. You know, I want to just take a moment right now to just share a few of those testimonies of the healings that he's done right here in our church over the past few weeks. Why don't you take a look at this? Last Sunday I was working camera three um, and for a while now I've been losing my hearing. Um, One day in a customer's house while at work, I realized that they were talking to me. Uh, whenever I looked over at them, because all I heard was like basically a muffled nothing in my left ear. Third service, he had a word of knowledge and said, is there somebody losing hearing in their left ear? My arm shot up before I knew what was going on, and he called me down here. Uh, before I got down here, somebody in the front row said amen, and I heard it plain as day out of my left ear. Pastor Frank, he was actually praying in a lady's ear next to me. He was on the opposite side of her, so he was on her left side. My left ear was to them. But he was whispering in her ear, and I could hear it just like he was hearing, you know, like he was talking into my ear. And at that point, I knew I was healed. So um, I grew up in foster care the majority of um, my childhood. And with that, I endured lots of physical abuse and beatings um, growing up. And with that, um, I went deaf, and I never knew it in my right ear. Um, I coached cheerleading starting at the age of 15, so... I was always around loud music, loud people, seven days a week, and I never knew I couldn't hear, because with loud music, you can pretty much hear a lot. Um, And it wasn't until about a year or two after I got married, my husband realized that I cannot hear anything, I couldn't hear anything out of my right ear at all. So we went and got it tested, 
And they said, you're 100% deaf. All the cells are dead. You're never going to be able to hear. Hearing aids won't help. Amplifiers won't help. Um, maybe a cochlear implant will help you. Um, you can bounce off some waves, but you're never going to be able to hear. Then we came to service, and you know, he comes up, and he talks about praying for people and healing and different things. And he was like, um, okay, come up if you have your left ear. And I was like, oh, thank God he didn't say the right ear. And then he was like, you know what, you know what, let's do the right ear. And I was like, not going, not going up there, I'm not doing it. I'll just stay back here. And he's like, Shelby, come on down. And I'm like, coming on down, right to the front. Keep on coming. And so I did, and he prayed, and he prayed for like five, seven minutes, nothing, nothing. And then he prayed, and I could hear. And I was like, is this real? And he did it again, and he brought me on stage, and I literally can hear out of my right ear. We came up for the altar call after we prayed for Bree. I told the prayer partner that, you know, I had the motorcycle accident. My ankle uh, can't really use it, and I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to start work, and I don't really have hearing in my right ear. And so uh, we decided that after we were done with her, the prayer partner got down on her knees and started praying uh, for my ankle that there would be healing. Within the first time of her praying, I started to feel some heat going into my ankle, and it started to get warm and started to feel some popping in it. And by the time she finished praying for my ankle, before I couldn't move it more than maybe just a little bit to either side. It just hurt too bad, couldn't move it. By the time she was done, I could move it and have full range of motion, no pain or anything. And so we ended up uh, continuing to pray. And by the time that she, uh, she was done praying with me for my hearing, she whispered in my right ear and I heard it clear as day. I have a cyst in my breast. And the entire 2019, I think every single day of the year until I got prayed for, it was very, very, very painful. When I got asked to give my testimony, I contemplated, why, why didn't I get prayer before, you know, the nine months of pain? And I, I just came to the conclusion that um, it was probably because I thought it was just nature. I thought it was just going into menopause. I thought it was just maybe something that was a thing until I got fed up with it. And I decided to come up here and get prayer. And um, Jacqueline prayed for me. And when she was uh, done, she said, I believe what I prayed. And I looked at her and I said, I believe it too. So I happened to have an appointment with my doctor. And she suggested I go get another ultrasound. So I went in. I, got, I told the lady about all these cysts that I've had before and all the whole thing. And so about 10 minutes into the exam, she said, well... If you have cysts, I don't really, like, I can't see them. They must be really tiny. And so I'm here to tell you I was waiting for this piece of paper to come in the mail. And when it got there, I knew for a fact they were gone. They, that's why they didn't hurt anymore. So. And so go ahead and put it on. No abnormal conditions. I was standing up here with all the front of the prayer partners and everybody was praying. When he said someone in this room has scoliosis, I hesitated at first to raise my hand. I was kind of thinking, yeah, I do, but what do I do? And I came back up to the front finally, and I stood over here with the lady, and she prayed with me. I can actually feel a tingling, and I could feel this sensation. And then Davida came along. And she was standing behind me with others praying over me. And no sooner he said that you're going to feel her back move, it moved. It moved right at this waist area. It like, it just like it buckled. And I, first I had to think, well, maybe her, maybe she was like getting weak at the knees. And I looked at her legs 
and she was standing straight. Her back moved when he said, you're going to feel it. And I looked at him, and him and I disaffirmed it happened. I've struggled to ask reflex for about 10 or 12 months at that point. It got so bad, I was actually tasting blood. Since then, it's been about two weeks, and not once has it happened. Your, uh, your left knee, not on the right and not on the left of it, it's right in the center, almost underneath your, your kneecap. Is it you? Come on down here. Very, very excited. There's a lot of miracles that are going to happen. I feel like you're going to get healed before I pray for you. I'm almost so certain you're going to get healed before I pray for you that I want you to come up here. And we're going to let the Lord. Before I pray for you. Is there anyone here that you your faith would go up? if she said that she got healed. Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here? And again, I'm not the Lord. I'm not God, but his, his word says this. I love his sanctuary because it's where his presence dwells. And I think sometimes the Lord just wants to show you his power to increase your faith. Are you with me? Is it your left knee? Does it hurt right now or is it? You got a deaf ear? Father, in the name of Jesus, open up in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Which ear was deaf? This one? All right, hold on, hold on. cancer, uh, ovarian cancer. Um, I've been praying for healing for quite a while. Nothing was happening. I felt, you know, why not me? God healed me of the cancer in my heart. And then he healed me of the cancer in my body. The bottom is the mass that was on my ovaries. And the top is my healthy ovaries now. I hope you enjoyed those testimonies as much as I did. You know, there's a scripture in Revelations chapter 19, verse 10, where it says this, that the testimony of Jesus is the prophecy of the Lord. When we testify of what Jesus did, it's a hint. It's an indication of what he plans to do again. So all of those testimonies that you just heard, all of those moments, those are indications and clues of what he wants to do again. If you need a healing in your body, I want you to know Jesus still heals. Unfortunately, we've got this COVID thing going on right now. And so I can't pray with you personally. Uh, we have 110 prayer partners and, and they're not available but you know what's good? You know what the good news is? Is that Jesus is with you right now. And all you have to do is just whisper to the Lord and ask him to touch you. And he'll be there with you. You know, before I close this message, let me share one more thing that I find really interesting. 
Historians say that Jesus was about six feet tall. We all know that from fingertip to fingertip is how tall each one of us are. And so if Jesus was six feet tall and his arms were spread on the cross, that means that from hand to hand, from fingertip to fingertip, they were six feet apart. What's the takeaway? The takeaway is this, that Jesus because he spread his arms six feet apart. He is no longer six feet away from anybody. Now he's just a whisper away. All you have to do now is just whisper his name. And even if he feels a million miles away, go ahead and try it for yourself. Just whisper his name and watch what happens. You will feel his presence come on you. Let me pray for you today. If you would, right where you're at, I know you're in your living room or you're in your kitchen. I don't know where you are. You might be looking at a cell phone. Just close your eyes right where you're at. I want to pray a blessing onto your life. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and bring you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Celebration Church, there, I, I want, there is no Sunday that I wish I was spending with you more than this Sunday. Do you know we planted a whole bunch of fresh flowers to be blooming perfectly on this day, on Easter Sunday, and they're all bloomed and they look beautiful, but you're not here. <laughs> you're not here because we're socially distancing right now. And so what we're doing is we are relying on you. We're relying on the others that are in our church. We're relying on each other to stay connected. And thanks to social media, thanks to technology, it's really not hard. If you would, go to the Celebration Church website. Open up the Celebration Church app. Go to your app store. Download the app. Download the app and get connected and join a life group. Wouldn't you know that some of our life groups have been meeting via Zoom? My life group is one of them. Some of them just meet on a conference call and they talk. But I've been Zooming with the guys that are in my life group. See, what we have to commit to ourselves is regardless of what season we're in, we stay connected to God and we stay connected to each other. We have to make that promise within our hearts that we stay connected to God, we stay connected to each other. So stay connected through your life groups, pray a little bit more, worship a little bit more, encourage each other a little bit more. And let me say this as well. If you have children, Send your child to our website, have them scroll down on the home page. And what you'll see is there's a banner. All they have to do is click on that kid's banner. It'll take them to a Bible lesson, an online Bible lesson, and we'll begin to build them up even at their young age. I love you all so much. I love you very much. Stay in touch, continue to communicate with us, and we'll be seeing you real soon. <music>